Alright, ladies and gentlemen, my next guest is a former UFC heavyweight champion, a Metamorris champion, a Pancrase champion, and really a man who put catch wrestling on the map in North America. The War Master, Josh Barnett. How have you been, brother? It's good to see you. It's been a minute. Yeah, uh, pretty good. Just uh, on a, a bit of a, a a very long trip around the world, it seems like. But uh, <laughs> we are coming up to the to the zenith of this whole thing uh, in a few days with this catch wrestling, uh, snake pit catch wrestling world championships. And uh, it'll be be nice to get to that. Not to mention to get to uh, the fun part of getting on the mats and then getting home. <laughs> yeah, because you just you just left UFC 294. Your protege Victor Henry uh -huh. just got done battling it out. Had a had a really nasty groin shot. It looked like that kick hit him right underneath the the testicle. Is is, is that right? You said and you said it was nasty, yeah, swollen. It, it was uh, was not fun uh, for. Actually, not not for me either because uh, he would never react in such a way. And even it, despite um, you know knowing that that's a foul in general, but when we train and spar in the gym, if the you know if he get accidentally eye poked or or something like that happens, we keep going. We generally we will not stop uh, because um, even though we are training essentially for sport fighting. Uh, you don't want to be in a situation where your skills are needed in a place where there are no referees and you just got to call it good because no one's going to go, oh, okay, well, I'm going to give him a break over it. So when I saw him hit the hit the deck like that, I was like, oh, that's that's no good. This this fight's not going to keep going because yeah. uh, he he wouldn't he would just grit and work through it. He would never react in such a way, and so that was that was really difficult to see after you know so many months or weeks in, in general put towards a, a successful training camp. And, and to be perfectly honest, we felt going into the second round, like, ah, we, we got this guy. We figured him out. We've sorted him. Uh, now we're really going to start you know, taking over on this fight. And then 15 seconds into the first round, into the second round, you know, just awful. Luckily, nothing permanent. Uh, and, uh, we lived to fight another day. If we happen to walk, uh, fairly slowly and cautiously for a while yeah no doubt about it yeah victor henry's a beast man getting the opportunity you know when you invited me to your gym a few years back i was just crazy impressed with with victor's leadership his tenacity in the training room i mean the guy just does not stop he's got yeah. his heart's on fire the determination's insane so for his character to be attacked right now you know that's that's super unfortunate. I know his opponent didn't want it to end that way, but to attack the man's character is right. insane because Victor's yeah, a lion. Right. None of us did. And it's obvious if you, you know, if you've done your research on him, um, that kid doesn't quit for nothing. He's never been dropped. He's never been finished. Uh, and he's a 30 fight veteran of high level competition around the world, fighting in Russia, fighting in Japan, Pancrase, Ryzen. Uh, deep um, it, it's just it would really defy all logic for him to all of a sudden out of nowhere in a fight where it's 
a close fight. There was nobody had taken control of that that match. Uh, I guess the scorecard. Somebody got a hold of them said that it was two judges are scoring it for Basharat on the first round, and one judge was scored it for Victor. It was, you know, so the idea that all of a sudden he just completely and utterly uh, became terrified and and to the point of wanting to to find any way out of a fight that he was never uh any in under any real like duress just a normal bout between uh you know high level athletes it just boggles the mind and then on top of it it's just you know the the base implication of of all their complaints essentially boiled down to it's like oh yeah we're just out of nowhere we completely broke character uh, in, a, in a situation that makes no sense, and now we're all lying about it. So, okay, well, <laughs> you know, we fly halfway around the world to get half a paycheck. That's it's just stupid. <laughs> yeah, it is asinine, man, and and it, it's super unfortunate. You know, like I said, he he didn't want it to end that way, but to go and attack the character and act like a troll afterwards online, which uh, you know, unfortunately, I have some experience doing, <laughs> and and and. Yeah. and you know, and you and I, uh, thankfully, um, you know, you were awesome and you accepted the apology, but I've apologized to this man uh, <laughs> behind the scenes, but I'd like to take the opportunity to apologize to you. Uh, in, in recent years, you know, when I decided to go so hard posting videos, attacking you relentlessly online, uh, acting like a complete douche, uh, to be honest, it was not... <laughs> Um, well, honestly, um, because we had met initially at that UCLA event and everybody was copacetic, everybody was good. We had, you and I had never even met before and you were like pretty jazzed about doing an event, uh, doing a catch wrestling match for the first time in a long time. You're like, yeah, I love this. This is great. Hey, nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. And you know, our, our attitude at the time, uh, you know, me and mine was, Yeah. Uh, come on down, train, whatever. Like we hold events too. Like let's all do it. And then, like maybe just a few months, like a couple months go by. Then all of a sudden, it's like this volume of just like, whoa, what the? And then it was a real strange. It was a really strange uh, angle of attack at that. It was you know to say, I want a piece of like um, Travis Nawaza at the time, right? That would be like, oh yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. But it was like. Um, it was totalizing, and it, and it was like a, a an attempt of of entire like an, a complete discrediting of of like all of our lineage and coaches and everything. You're like, well, this is really weird and specific. And so, right from the very beginning, my spidey sense is like, this is not a one man operation. Somebody had an idea that this was. This was like a, this is a course of, of of attack for a particular reason, and you know, because um, it wouldn't make any sense for a collegiate wrestler to just show up out of nowhere and start going down very particular lines that don't just really serve himself, served other people's maybe greater archie you know overarching <laughs> ideas and it's funny because this came up a little bit recently i was having a conversation with someone and uh you know they made mention that uh one of those uh particular voices was had been bullied in the past and i'm like wait a second if you were if you if your recollection of how 
this guy ended up getting such flack and and in the end uh, having a lot of uh, disassociation come in his direction, it was not bullying that did it. It was through their own decisions. And it's unfortunate because even to this very day, you know, with people that were very, uh, in, I don't know, maybe inspired through the, the such a such methodologies, you know, I, I still bring athletes to as many competitions as I can because yeah. uh, getting people on the mats is, is a number one. And, you know, it was at the end of the day, all of that was really dumb and unfortunate, but it is in the past. And I'd like to think at the very end, you know, getting on the mats and getting even to the point where you're going out to go wrestle um, in that last like snake pit, uh, USA event, you're going to defend. <sighs> it's it's funny because the, the the like the linear the lineal aspect of it wasn't really given much consideration. But it's like okay, so Karen's Kern's got this match against this guy, and it's kind of you know it's a it's a big single single match, and we're going over strategy based on your injury at the time, the opponent, and how to best um, approach this. Uh, protect your weaknesses and and keep it in your strengths. And you went out there and won. Uh, so you know it all comes back around to getting on the mats and doing all the work on the mats. Because if we want this to be something that's viable to more than just a, a small amount of us, it has to be done on the mats, and it has to be done with uh, you know not everybody has to be everybody's best friend or anything like that. But you right. know, we got to be more in line for the bigger picture than for our own personal glory. Absolutely. And and the biggest thing, you know, there was a little rivalry at the time, but what I did, I took inspiration from individuals who just went from here to there with, with their trash talk. And I took that and I was like, oh, this is how I'm going to jump the line from here to there by going after the greats. Um, but, you know, I feel like a lot of fighters like that nowadays stoop to that level. Like, they, they, they'll make posts. They'll make complete asses of themselves. And that's the unfortunate thing for me is I have to, you know, I get, oh, posted five years ago, posted four years ago, and I literally slap my head. And I'm like, oh, my God, I posted that. I said those things. Like, this is humiliating, embarrassing. Like, all for what? To cut the line and... And at the end of the day, you know, I'm like, ah, oh, what what message would you send to fighters like that who may have my thought process, who may look back and be like, oh, why did I do that? <laughs> well, and, and what's also it's self it was self defeating at the time because there wasn't really any lines to cut. I mean, those lines were so utterly short. There was nobody really had to go very far. Uh, so <laughs> the reality was is that you know the honey would be a whole lot better than than the poison in terms of getting things together and, um, you know, shaking themselves out. And, you know, that's really the way it's got to be because we're not, um, when we think about catch as a, just a, a straight particular style trying to, uh, to do its best to, to develop it on as a standalone thing outside of jujitsu or MMA or something like that. Like we, it's not big enough um for there to even be um like a, a huge amount of uh like controversy or um or acrimony towards creating the rivalries because man like everybody's like 
one match away from really wrestling anyone at any time because it's just not enough of us. And then the opportunity for those matches to happen, like people just don't have the resources to put the events together. So right. unless we're all going to do it all in a garage, <laughs> uh, just where there's there's no money, there's no anything in it yet. No, so we're, we're got to do what we could do. Right. Yeah, definitely. You know, and and what. What's surprising to me, though, is, you know, I did take a big page from that pro wrestling book, just being loud, being obnoxious, um, which shocks me that you have never been that way. You've never been one to talk trash or act like a complete fool at press conferences just for the sake of getting numbers. How's that possible when pro wrestling's like so deeply embedded <laughs> within your DNA? Uh, well, pro wrestling is is. It's a it's a thing that has um, many facets to it, and and yet it's not something in which everybody takes the same approach. Because like anything else in life, uh, it's it's made up of a uh, variable uh, of a variable amount of, of personalities and individuals, and and of course, if everything was all the same, it really wouldn't have the same allure. You you want to see different people with different backgrounds and. Uh, different approaches, different voices, and even that that wrestle differently have different uh, strengths and weaknesses. Uh, we, you know, we have weight classes. We have all these different things that all help to um, individual uh, create a more individual approach towards even uh, the the greater entity that is be it pro wrestling or MMA or or catch in this case. And um, uh, for me, also back then, I was like, good, great, we have a another collegiate guy involved we need to keep on this and keep working through this and try to use that as more of a way to exploit to bring in more people and to right. try and encourage more mma jiu-jitsu everybody anybody who comes from any sort of high level background to get on the mats and you know i really appreciate everybody that comes out to our tournaments and everybody that competes and catch when they can uh but and I don't think anybody is going to get too offended by this, but a lot of folks are not from a very, they don't necessarily have a lot of high level, uh, international MMA, international wrestling or, uh, you know, collegiate wrestling experience. Um, yeah. and there's not like a, a ton of jujitsu black belts that are really accomplished getting on in the catch world necessarily. Um, some of that is because they don't know to be perfectly honest. And, it, it's important to try and develop that. And, it, and it's also good for anyone that, that doesn't have those accolades to be able to get on the mat and test themselves against those people. And Absolutely. you never know, that might be the thing that helps a person shine and, and get to their next level. And, and it's quite possible that maybe they start stopped and are started and end up stopping only going through a catch program, but they actually develop into a, into a great wrestler even without uh, a collegiate or like a, a really decorated high school background. And it's, it, it'll happen because something exists for them to go improve themselves. Well, that's exactly what you're doing right now. I mean, straight from Abu Dhabi to England, you have gathered an all-star team of catch wrestlers that you are mentoring, coaching uh, to take on Britain's finest here this mm -hmm. upcoming weekend. How you feeling about that, and and what what uh, is something that you give your athletes like uh, talking to them about preparing them mentally for a battle like this? Uh, 
Well, unfortunately, we we lost one of our top guys. Uh, Tony Nelson is not going to be able to make the trip because his daughter uh, injured her wrist uh, just the other day. Oh. And uh, so he's not going to be able to get on that plane. But um, what it does come down to is taking the experience that I've had having so many fights over so many different uh, competition environments and being under that spotlight, especially when the stakes are at their highest, and being able to tap into that from the perspective as the athlete, but also to talk about all of the different elements of what just a person goes through when dealing with the stress of an event, um, the stress of the pressure knowing that they need to perform or knowing that something is expected of them or their own expectations of themselves, their own potential doubts, uh, all this thing, all these things that are, are common across everyone. And then the aspect, the things about it that are really distinct and specific to athletes and to do what I can to try and help people get through. Well, okay. It's, it's just like, you had that match and you're like, okay, my, my hand is and I need to, you know, and it's just like, okay, <laughs> well, let, what, let's talk about it. What, what has hurt about it? Okay. What can we do? What, what can we do with it? Okay. What can't we do with it? How do we work around it? Um, your opponent doesn't know this. Well, how do we make sure that they're not aware? Yeah. I mean, they're going to do everything based on expecting you to be as you always are. Okay, well, then there's it's not necessarily a weakness until they know it. Until they're able to exploit it, it doesn't matter. Right. And for you, it's just uh, it's just an, an adjustment. Maybe you're wrestling somebody that has uh, an opposite stance and you're not used to shooting on that other leg, but you've got more than one move that you could use anyways. Or maybe you know it's a matter of making a small adjustment on on the day, on the moment. You know, you do round one. You come out and you're like, ah, my knee's a little tweaked. Or uh, this next guy, it doesn't give me anything that I like. So it's like, okay, well then, how do you how do you then work against that and pull them into something that that does work for you? And there's always the, a puzzle. There's always uh, a problem that has to be worked through uh, for an athlete. And luckily, I've had a lot of really great coaches, and I've got a lot of experience. So um, it's really about trying to help them tap into that. And then I guess, you know, by example, because I'm going to wrestle on this thing too. Yes, you are. Yes, you are. Ladies and gentlemen, you don't want to miss this. It's a world championship in catch wrestling in the Snake Pit Wigan in England. Um, and this man, you have a show called Bloodsport, which <laughs> is honestly the most realistic pro wrestling within a predetermined setting that you'd ever want to see. You've got to check that out, but you are also trying to bring back the real catch as catch can wrestling. Uh, you run a, you're running a national championship tournament yeah. in, in California. Where can yeah. our listeners find out about the information and sign up to compete in that in December? Well, I've been posting it across all my social media on Twitter, uh, Instagram, uh, Facebook, and I know that the algorithms are not always kindly to everything we put out there on the world. It'll decide uh, <laughs> that you need some inane and shallow video instead of maybe information about how to go out there and be an athlete. But uh, but nonetheless, uh, I, it's on there. I have an Eventbrite sign up 
uh, for it, and it's forty dollars uh, to register online. And it's uh, this is the culmination of years of work that me and a partner of mine have been putting into this uh, American Catch Wrestling Association project to create a standardized amateur and professional um, platform for catches catch can and and this will be uh, like uh, like uh, collegiate or international style amateur wrestling. So we have um, the structure of it is very much like wrestling in the NCAA's or wrestling at the U.S. Open for freestyle or Greco. We use pretty much all the same hand signals. Uh, we use the, pretty much the same calls. The matches look very much in the way they're officiated the same way. We use terms like stalling and passivity and um you know we call zone on people on the edges of the mats and it's we want to make it so that the transition let's say for uh, an amateur wrestler is very easy but also it's the fact that this way of running wrestling events has been done for decades upon decades and if this is good enough to be uh the the approach that is used at the highest levels of amateur wrestling why would it not be good enough for this so um you know i i really want to try and make something that if someone came out of the sky and said okay can this be an olympic sport we damn right it can and we're set up for it we have uh we have the officiating we have the structure we have uh the game has been gone through so that we have uh, put all the incentives towards how we think what's the hierarchy of importance of, of the game itself is to be played out and we're ready to go and, and it, it's all very clear and understandable to everyone um, but at the same time just because you can be pinned doesn't mean that that means if you're ever anywhere on your back that it's just like no hope at all uh, because plenty of people that have competed in, with a jiu-jitsu background have been able to do well in it um, and you know, it's, it's a place that, that is a style that's very ex aggressive and exciting, um, and, and really open to anyone, you know, show up. That's the biggest thing is, um, if you want to be a great grappler, you need to get on the mats and, and in the vein of, uh, the old catch wrestlers, uh, from the early days, they would go anywhere and wrestle anyone, you know, put a jacket on and wrestle the guy in a jacket round and then go and do this and then do that and with chokes, without chokes, it didn't matter. Like there was always um, uh, a challenge out there and catch wrestlers were, were out there to step up to it. Absolutely. Legends. Yeah, ladies and gentlemen, please support this. Catch wrestling, uh, we're such, so behind on BJJ only because so many people aren't participating in it they're not supporting this and what you created with jake shannon over 20 years ago you know helping him form his program with scientific mm -hmm. wrestling that changed the entire outcome of my life that caught up with me what 10 10 years later when we crossed when we crossed paths and uh because my coach at the time in la went to one of scientific wrestling seminars mm -hmm. and then he decided to do his own thing but at the end of the day, man, I'm very thankful for everything that you've done for catch wrestling. Um, with that said, you know, I'm sure that there are a lot of people 
wanting to book, you know, book seminar. How, what's, what's the best way for them if they want to book a seminar or even become one of your students, social media? If for seminar bookings, go through, uh, there's a website called Strikers International. And a guy named Dave is uh, my agent for doing all my seminars out of there. Um, and then as far as becoming one of my students, uh, that's really pretty difficult because uh, I really only work with com competing, usually pro athletes because I've only got so much of myself to give around. And uh, when I take somebody on, it's it's not just about like showing up in the gym. Being a coach is a 24-7 is a project. And it's, if you're gonna develop someone, you develop them all the way. And so everybody that, that trains under me knows that, be it, even if it's if just professional wrestling, because I've got plenty of professional wrestlers that, that train under me as well. Um, although sometimes they, they end up out there on the match just the same as everybody else. Uh, Royce Hell, Isaacs yeah. competed in the last uh, catch wrestling tournament in California, and he took second in his division. So, you know, you Damn. just never know who's going to be on the match with you. But uh, it's a personal as well as professional relationship. And it's uh, the kind of thing that you you never do it because you think you're going to make any like money out of it. It has nothing to do with that. It's just it's you have to want to put that development into someone. But at the same time, uh, I'm, I'm training guys out of CMMA alongside Chad George and the California Mixed Martial Arts fight team. All of our athletes are all in the same room training together, fighting together. And, you know, just last weekend, uh, the team went six and oh. At the at these professional fights for and a, amateur professional fights at a event called UNF in LA, and you know we've got a couple guys going to go to Washington and fight in November, and we're constantly putting people out there to go out and compete, and I'm sure a lot of them will be on the mats uh, December 17th for this catch these catch wrestling U.S. Open as well. We're going to be posting that all that information in the link. Check out the link below, um, brother. I appreciate you giving us your time, you know, especially with the caricature that I created years ago and you inviting me out to train with me. And uh, <laughs> I got to tell you, getting in that cage with you, I was like, oh, no, he's going to give it to me good. <laughs> and and you never did, man. You were you were a gentleman. Uh, you treated me with so much respect. And, and uh, you know, as someone who really loves catch wrestling, it wouldn't be where it's at without you. And I just have to thank you for that. And um Best of luck to you and your men going to war in England this weekend. Oh, thank you. And uh, uh, I'm sure that the cat, the snake bit over here will put uh, put those matches up on YouTube at some point. Um, and with the ACWA, uh, we're, we're going to do this U.S. Open, but we're going to be striving to continue to put on uh, multiple events a year, which means, you know, if, if you're looking to get back on the mat and do a pro match, um, we, you know, we'll try and make that happen on, on this card. We're going to have, uh, Eric Hammer versus Dave Waters, uh, and, a, and a pro match. And I'm waiting on confirmation, but hopefully we'll have Nick Kajia again versus, uh, another opponent. Cause that guy, he just, just wants to get out there and wrestle as much as possible. <laughs> he um, does, he does. And, uh, you know, so we're trying to do something for everyone. Uh, as well as, you know, doing things like the, the big open amateur tournament side of the things as well. And we've had as many as 60 plus competitors show up on a tournament day, um, men and women both. Um, and it's all about, you know, developing and, and trying to create places for people to wrestle. 
Um, I know, you know, you've got the matches that you've got, but you've still got time that you can that you can get out there and wrestle, and not just you, but other people. And if the if the events exist, then people can go and compete, and that's what's important. Well, you heard it from the man himself, ladies and gentlemen. This is the revival of Catch As Catch Can Wrestling, and the War Master here is one of the best catch wrestlers to ever do it. Support him on this journey. Help bring back this great style, this phenomenal sport. I'll post the event right in this link. Click on that. Check it out. Sign up to compete. Watch it. Spread the word. That's what we need in order to make catch great again. For those of you at home, thanks for tuning in, and we will see you on the next one.